0: All right.
1: it's the uh chance gaming podcast it's it's been a while it has but you know we're back uh this is episode 26 with my you know renumbering this is episode 26 and uh with me always is richard and roy
2: good evening everyone this is rich coming from st louis missouri
1: and roy did he run out of internet i think he fell over i heard a clunk
3: (laughs) (laughs) hey get away from that
1: sorry (laughs) Um, he's, talk, he's talking to you, Richard.
3: <laughs> sorry, I tried to do something cool and then it just fell flat. Never mind. Hey, I'm
2: Roy. <laughs> it's
1: hey. It's the thought that counts. Oh, there all right.
2: Now, Roy, you had That's a neighbor dro- you had a neighbor drop a tree on your internet cables, right?
3: I did. Yes. So, uh, yeah, he trimmed the tree, <laughs> and my uh, the coax that runs from my house to the wire on the pole was in amongst the tree, and and. Uh, uh, my kids had to interact with each other all weekend. Oh, man. Terrible.
1: They were like, oh, oh no, the Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> we're, we're out of, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, minute, no, it's not minutes. What are you out of on your phone where you don't get the internet anymore? You're,
2: you, Gigs? You,
1: yes, your, yeah.
2: Bandwidth? Never, yeah. The
1: bandwidth, yeah.
2: So did you get your kids like pilgrim hats and cook out of a big iron pot in the <laughs> middle of the fire going and everything? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just, I threw a bunch of knives in the middle of the floor and just said, just go at it.
1: You know, that reminds me, uh, apparently it's, it's a growing thing across the nation because it's finally coming to Mississippi in another month or so, um, axe throwing.
2: Oh yeah. That's, that's, I know I have friends that have done here and did that here in St. Louis. I haven't done it, but yeah, it's a thing
1: it's it's like a franchise, you know, you open an axe throwing place. I mean, I can't imagine what your freaking uh,
2: <laughs> uh,
1: uh insurance would be, but uh yeah, it's that's the thing. I would totally you know, totally do. What's
3: that. even more edgy is axe catching.
1: <laughs>
3: you you got to be deft there so that you don't uh, lose a few digits.
1: Um try, we actually have a sponsor for for this show if you can believe that. We have a sponsor. Thanks to uh, Roy, we talked about him on the last show, and he heard about it and he contacted me. He was like, "Well, what episode am I in?" And I'm like, showed it to him, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And he explained how we mispronounced um, his uh, name of his company, and uh, you know, I'm like, "Well, we, we I do that all the time." It is Alter Dementia, and uh, it's 3D printing. Does some really cool stuff. And he was he was like, "Hey." You know, I kind of want to try this. Uh, how about I give you guys a discount code for your listeners, and uh, we'll just we'll just see how this whole thing goes. And so he did, and so you can go to alterdimension.com, which you can see in the show notes because I can't spell that out. It's pretty long. It has a three in it. It's the whole thing. Um, I you can sometimes read that three as an e, and yeah, I missed that. Anyway, you can see it in the show notes. The discount code, and you'll also see this in the show notes. Is C O G twenty nineteen, so it's just like Chance of Gaming twenty nineteen. It's C O G twenty nineteen. So uh, one thing I he's doing that is really cool. We're actually going to talk about in a few minutes is the Curse of Mott. And um, yeah, but other than that, he does. Uh, he's got license for Fat Dragon for the uh, the interacting interlocking uh, dungeon pieces and uh, some other cool stuff on there. So just check it out, and you know. If you every little bit helps, you can support him, support us. It's COG 2019, which also Michael reminded yeah. yeah, yeah, he will. It reminded me that uh, if you go to chancegamie.com, if you look over on the left-hand side, just under Southeast U.S. Conventions and Tournaments, is a link that says Merchandise. You click on it, and you go to our T Public uh, website, and uh, I am adding a bunch of new art and shirt designs and stuff so if you're like a war gamer and into maps and whatnot you'll see all the stuff on there or and you can just get a chance of gaming.com uh shirt if you want so they're all right there
3: and, and uh may i be so bold as to suggest that if if uh listeners might have some suggestions for t-shirts that they would want to see <laughs> yeah if, that would be we cool can...
2: okay we're still working on that art of me going into a burning building to save a copy of asl right
1: <laughs> right, right. Now, see, I can't draw. If I can draw, you know, <laughs> that was the thing. Is like we really need to add like a fourth person who's like an artist and a graphic designer who also <laughs> knows like websites and wants to uh, edit audio, all for no pay. And uh, yeah, that would be great if you can. You can do all that. You'd be the fourth mic.
2: <laughs> we'll pay them an exposure because artists yes. like that. <laughs> yeah, you can pay your rent with exposure.
1: Look, uh, you know I know artists and stuff talk about it, but like in the TV film industry, we get hit with that shit too.
2: Oh, like absolutely. It'll be, like,
1: it'll be like, well, you know, you can use this for your reel, or you you, you can do it in exchange for IMDb credit, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Because I don't know if you if you know this or not, but literally anyone, it's like Wikipedia anyone can you know edit imdb you can you know put things on there if you want you know say i was in i can say i was in the uh, inglorious bastards or whatever and it would just take someone actually spotting it uh to do it but however you uh i i have an imdb page you can go to imdb and google adam chance and I popped right on up with Miscellaneous Crew for yeah. Between the Lions in uh, 2010.
2: <laughs> I've played background man number four in seven films. Yeah,
3: I was in the parade in uh, Ferris <laughs> Bueller's Day Off.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's me right there, along with oh, uh,
3: four thousand other people.
1: I, uh, I I work, you know, in the industry. I know a bunch of people that try to freelance and break in and whatever. Um Logan was filmed kind of close to us, and two guys I work with uh, went over there to be just background extras. And one of them got paid a little more because uh, they ended up using his truck for a scene. and um, but the other one actually, they were like, you look similar to, you know Jim Bob over here, the stunt man. So we're going to need you to, um, fight Logan to, to, uh, fight. (laughs) What's his what's his name? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: what is his name? Um, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. We're going to need you to fight Hugh Jackman. Uh, but come to find out, it was like, you're actually fighting Hugh Jackman's stunt man. (laughs) But, you know, when that film came out, he was like, I can't see myself. I can't see myself, you know? And, um, he had to wait on the dvd and he's like there for like half a second dead on the floor in one scene he's like oh it's me yeah so anyway so yeah let's just you might get down here harold harold more war games you know and yeah <laughs> so uh moving on the first thing we do on the show after we just ramble on forever is mm-hmm. uh what have you been playing and richard is going to start us off with the game You know, Richard, I actually got excited when you messaged me asking me what was my address. Yeah, I know. I was like, he's going to ship my my shirt. He's going to ship my my ASL shirt.
2: It is a work in progress. I just needed to get it. I was hoping to get it by your birthday, but that didn't happen. So, it'll be your birthday when it arrives.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) At some point, it will.
2: So, I've been playing uh, Advanced Squad Leader Starter Kit. I... I haven't played full ASL. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, last time I played that. But I've got a weekly or biweekly game, as often as we can get together, playing with a, a friend. Uh, and we've been working our way through ASL Starter Kit 1. And I think, I think the last one we played actually finished up ASL 1. So we're going to start getting an ASL Starter Kit 2 now, uh, which is going to start putting the big guns in the game as well. So uh, they do a good job of just building, adding things a little bit at a time. Uh, so we'll get ASL Starter Kit 2 adds guns. ASL Starter Kit 3 adds vehicles. And then 4, which isn't out yet, but it's coming this year, is going to add PTO or Pacific Theater of Operations rules as well. So been going through ASL Starter Kit 1, and I think we finished it up. We're having a good time with that. I've uh, been playing lots of X-Wing minis because my daughter loves that game, and we've been playing that a lot. And, okay, I don't know how I feel about this, my nine-year-old has beaten me twice in a row.
1: What what faction is she flying?
2: So she's flying Rebels, and I'm flying Scum. Mm. Yeah, she's got the Millennium Falcon and a couple X-wings, Luke and Wedge, and I've got I've got a fun little list to fly. Um, but it's it's a little fragile, and if you get some unlucky die rolls, you're in trouble. So. Uh, I'll blame it on the dice and, and say that my nine-year-old isn't actually better than X-Wing than me. But she actually is. She's got good you know spatial reasoning, and she plays better than you would think she would. I think a lot of times I actually underestimate her because I think, well, she's just going to like fly straight and come at me. And she's like, nope, I knew where you were going to be, and I'm going to shoot you in the side. So, um, wow. But yeah, it's it's fun playing with her. So. You're, play-
3: you're grooming the next generation's tactician.
2: I know, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. uh, an uh, Ender's game where she's going to, you know, use computers to fight off the aliens.
3: Or the, uh, what, the last Starfighter? That was kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, same kind too. of thing.
2: <laughs> so I've been playing X-Wing Miniatures. I played some more Gloomhaven. We're going to play that again tomorrow night. Uh, still working on the Elementalist class. I played that for the first time. That's the one with the triangles. It's uh, my first non-starter class. Uh, and the big thing that I played is I played yesterday a game of Spearhead, which I played a couple couple months ago as well. But this is a, a World War II miniatures game. It's uh, Germans and Russians. It's um, I think I said what size it was last time, 16, 18 millimeter maybe. Um, the tank, a tank platoon is a little about one inch square. Um, but it was fun. Uh, it was it was a long game. It, the game can go up to 18 turns, and I think we finished four turns, and we more or less finished the game. We could have gone one more, but at that point, our Russians didn't really have enough units left to, to get across the board and win the game. Uh, it is a dice game, so if you hate dice, as I know some of my friends do, it can be very frustrating. Uh, after turn three, I had to make morale checks because I had lost a certain number of my units, and uh, I lost two entire tank battalions uh, just because of morale checks. So I had already lost some of the platoons, and the ones that left all just said, "Well, we're not fighting anymore." So when after a turn you've lost uh, two entire battalions, it kind of it, it knocks down the players' morale as well as the the little miniatures' morale as well. And then after turn four, I. I had actually lost all of my units. There was another player playing some of the other Russians. He still had a few units left, but after turn four, I was completely out of units because everyone had failed morale checks. So it was it was a fun game. Um, it's a game that I feel like I almost like a lot. Um, it's something I would play once or twice a year maybe, but it, the, the dice were a little frustrating. So Spearhead is the name of that game.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember when you played it that first time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that, that, this reminds me. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, we'll have this in the show notes. You, uh, somebody asked you if we could put timestamps?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's <laughs> your answer?
2: Uh, do, you, do you need an intern?
1: It's, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think so. Oh, uh, it's, it isn't easy You because the super cheap, way i edit and everything i it was definitely not be easy because what it would be is like i actually put the i edit the show and the first thing is is taking out stuff like this that long pause you know or you know trying to fix things where we you know we try to talk over each other or anything we want to redo you know roy has to go to
3: the bathroom again
1: Yeah, coughing or... Yeah, absolutely. So all that gets fixed. And, you know, you're doing this in basic real time. And so if it was like an hour and a half show, it takes you about three hours just to get through all that. And um, so if I, you know, add the music or intro or an outro, you know, all all this stuff, and then I would actually have to go back and re-listen to the show once the file is finished to accurately know, like, where the um the time is where we mention stuff, you know. I mean, generally, I would say the, the show notes are in order unless I made a mistake from, like, anything, like, we talked about. Like, you know, if you're, like, right now, you would be where it says Spearhead and the next thing would be Pandemic Legacy Season 2. So, you spoiler. know, that would be, yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert, that would be where you are. On the in the show in the show notes, I don't know if I, I mean maybe the you guys that are listening know an easier way to do it or something like that. I'm I'm open to making the podcast as user friendly as possible, but yeah, I I don't want to spend like you know four or five hours editing the show. You know, uh, I don't know if. If I was like pulling down like three thousand dollars a month in ad revenue on it, then yeah, I probably would, you know, or something like that. Um yeah, yes, I hung out with my Yes, yes,
3: go that. <laughs> That's
1: all. Yeah. C O G twenty nineteen. You boy, you'd have to spend a lot of money for us to get that. But uh, I hung out this past weekend with my friend who has a forrealsies podcast, and not only like his equipment, how he edits, all that stuff is so vastly different. But he makes a living on his podcast, so you know his advertisers, you know, and and all that stuff that that pays all his bills. And so yeah, it's he's got better equipment and spends a lot more time on it. So anyway,
3: and that friend's uh, name, is I, I, don't wanna,
1: I don't I don't I don't want to uh, you know drop name drop not that you know not oh. that he needs a plug from me but i don't want to be that guy that's like oh you know just look he says he knows this dude nah, nah, nah. and uh, yeah, i mean it's it's no game it's not a gaming podcast anyway it's it's a psychology podcast and yeah oh. it's weird you got that cult following and yeah you just kind of blow up just go from there um yeah and he built that from like the ground up it started you know with we talked about earlier about you know having if you had guys that have like six listeners and you know just started from there and just kind of blew up uh over several years
3: we're we're trying to get as as big as kylie jenner so Hmm.
1: that's true (laughs) Uh, yeah that would be awesome uh absolutely or you know i'll just i'll take uh just Harold on uh Herald on war games big or uh be bold games i'll i'd go with that or katie atley you know where you get the uh the twitter followers in the thousands and uh mm-hmm. you know you're actually being paid to do recent games and be and paid to review them so yeah that would be cool anyway Roy's going to tell us all about Pandemic
2: Legacy Season
3: 2. So I believe that Richard has finished Pandemic Legacy Season 2, right?
2: I have. I finished both of them.
3: Okay. So uh, I don't get to play this very often. It a, it's a, belongs to a friend of mine. So we played uh, September. And I'm sorry, I'm reaching back into my memory a little bit. So we um, played the, you can play each month twice. And we lost the first month or first go through of the month, and we'll, we'll give it another shot. And we lost that one too, but we kind of retconned it a little bit. So I <laughs> guess you could substitute cheated for retcon, <laughs> and um, and came out with a with a squeaker win. Uh, just yeah, we kind of backed up a little bit and like, well, what would happen if we had made this other decision? And and won then. Um, so. Uh, we have gotten into asia we've discovered asia um and uh yeah that's like i say it's a little foggy in my memory because it's been a couple of weeks since i played this um but pandemic legacy season two
2: yeah so you're approaching the end game um the end game comes pretty quickly like i think I think you don't really get into the end game in season two until November and then December is when obviously that's the last month. But a lot of stuff gets thrown at you in a hurry. So, Mm. um, yeah, you enjoying it?
3: Yeah, it's, you know, and it's um, there's there's a lot of interesting little add ons as you go along. At at one point, you find a like a radio station. Yes. And um, you are monitoring various uh, radio signals radio frequencies for a signal. And then, you know, if you choose to monitor one particular frequency, then you scratch off the card on that frequency and it will give you a bump uh, of one thing or another. Um, So there's a lot of um, interesting and and, uh, there's been a lot of thought put into it, I guess.
2: Yeah, it definitely has some cool mechanics. I liked the exploration aspect of it that is obviously very different from the first one. Um, overall, I still like season one better than season two, but season two had a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, I haven't even heard of a season three being announced. I don't know that there are any plans for it, but whatever they do with it, there will be other, even if it's not pandemic, there will be other legacy games out there that'll be able to learn from what they did in this. And, uh, there's, there's some cool stuff in season two.
3: Yeah. And then I played some Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so the, I'm, I'm going to mention another podcast, the adventure <laughs> oh, zone. Oh uh, yeah. Have either of you guys listened to the adventure zone?
2: So I listened to their entire Dungeons and Dragons arc. Um, and then when okay. they switched games, I stopped listening to it. Ah,
3: okay. I, you know, and I did not get all the way through the, the whole D and D arc. Um, but, so this is, uh, I'm going to refer to this campaign as the adventure clone, um, because it's very much like, like the adventure zone and it's, um, it's a new DM and he kind of kept apologizing for stuff. And I kept saying, man, just, you know, we're here to have fun and, uh, you know, tell a story together. And so just kind of settle down a little bit. Um but so i was there they played the second session this weekend but i was unable to be there because i had other um uh, i had family obligations i guess and uh, so i guess it was it was okay but he was kind of um not allowing players to do what they wanted to do and so we were i was talking with one of the players that did play and so we were kind of talking about like what sorts of feedback we could give him and and uh he kind of seems to be against the whole rule of cool. Like if something (laughs) sounds cool that you should be able to at least give it a chance to to Uh, do it.
2: I am all about Uh, the rule of cool.
3: Yeah. So I mean it's he needs to to be a little bit more flexible with what people want to do and let people have their roles. So there was um the they were gonna go through a door and the one guy went over to open the door, and the door blew up. There's no, There was no deck saving throw, no <laughs> nothing like that, which really is, I don't know, it's, it's robbing the um, the player of some kind of agency in the game that, like, well, if whatever I do, you think they're going to blow up in my face, you know, why should I um, try to change that if it's going to happen no matter what? So we're gonna give it, you know, maybe four or five more sessions, and you know, hopefully, kind of get his feet under him and and uh, uh, gets better at at running the game. So.
2: Yeah, being a GM is hard, but it's rewarding. But I think, and you said this guy's new. Has he played for a while, or is he new to the whole yeah. thing? Okay.
3: No, he's he's been put, been a player.
2: Yeah, I've got a I've got a friend, and we're in. Sort of two overlapping RPG groups together, um, but we actually just take turns GMing. So he'll go for a while, and then we'll just cool, we'll completely switch games, and I'll go for a while. That way, we each get a chance to play, and we don't get we don't burn out on GMing.
0: Mm.
3: I do like my character, and I think I may try to uh, jump him to a different setting too. I have a minotaur.
2: That's fine.
3: It's uh, a, a desert minotaur.
2: Yeah. And the a warlock.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I like the notion of, you know, the... Um, so this is from the uh, the Ravnica source book. has minotaurs in it. Oh, okay. Um,
2: now, Ravnica, that's Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought.
3: So this is, this is high-level, you know, high magic, I guess. Um, but I like the notion of the, like, uh, really rangy, thin kind of scrawny minotaur that's uh so he's a warlock mm-hmm. uh, and uh very foreign to the area so i i kind of liked the idea of a kind of a melding of spanish and arabian influences in kind of how i've been playing him so anyway yeah i playing Dungeons and Dragons.
2: i actually played D last week too and um it was kind of a we were supposed to play Star Wars RPG, and then we had a few people not make it. We ended up being down to three players out of a party of five plus the GM. So we decided to just, the three of us already had a DD and d game going, and the one guy said, well, how about I'll just do you two playing D&D? So we did that. Um, our normal D&D party is three. Two of us were there, so we went on kind of like a side mission. And it was interesting because... The two of us that went on this side mission, we already knew that our next D&D session, the other guy that was with me at the time, wasn't going to be able to make that one. So it wasn't planned or anything, but at the end of this side mission, he actually got knocked out or kidnapped or whatever. Um, and my guy was was running away, not, not cowardly. We were planning to meet up in town later, and then he just obviously never showed up. So the next session that he wasn't going to be at anyway works out pretty well because we'll just – be able to go back and hopefully try to rescue him. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to make sure that I'm at this planning on being at the session after that. Otherwise, I'll be the one getting knocked out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so then, uh, finally, i played, and I've talked about this before. We got this for Christmas. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a gemstone mining game. Uh, so this is a pressure luck game where you're drawing stones out of a bag. And there's, um, there's different values of stone in there. But there's also plenty of obsidian. And so on your turn, you pull a stone out and you put it on your card. So that's a stone that you've mined. If you draw two obsidian, so if you draw on one turn, you pull an obsidian out that um, you're almost had an injury and been forced to leave the mine. So the obsidian goes on your card and if it comes back around you around to you, you, pull out another obsidian, then you've had an injury and then you need to leave. Um, so it's, it's pressure luck in that you're pulling all these stones out. And so you look around the table, and you see, okay, well, there's, there's a lot of colored stones out, and there's not that many obsidian stones that are out yet. So the chances of me pulling an obsidian go up and up and up as the game goes along. Um, so it plays over seven turns, seven days. Uh, and each day, there's a different uh, combination of stones that you get a bonus for. And then if you turn in like uh, four different ones, that's worth seven points for the day or five different ones is worth 12 points for the day. Um, And then uh, the, so like it goes from, I believe topaz, which is worth two points up to a diamond, but there's only three diamonds or two or three diamonds in the bag. And the diamond is worth like 12 points. Um, So it's, it's light and fun. And, um, when we got it for Christmas, uh, all my whole family played. So we had five, a five player player game. Um, you also have a hand of cards that you can do stuff with. So you can force somebody else to pull a gem or something like that. So that is, makes, uh, no white makes seven Dwarfs.
1: What's that? Who makes that game?
3: Oh, good grief. Uh, I think that's oh. USAopoly. I think,
1: um, I'm going to click on it real quick. I was just curious.
3: There's a re of the Quartz game, which I'm not familiar yeah. with.
1: But... Me neither. Yeah, it's USAopoly. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm always curious as to, like, you know, who gets the um, uh, Disney licensing, you know? I mm-hmm. see Bebold Games actually did a thing on that, too. We were talking about them a while ago.
3: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and... So That's what i have been playing.
1: All right, cool. The next part of our podcast is What's on Your Radar? And that's where we talk about things that we have come across, new or not so new. And um, the first thing Richard has for us is Gamer Ranch, Gamer's Ranch. Yeah, This I... is like a special ranch dressing made for gamers. No,
2: Yes, that's what it is. Uh-huh. It's got little bits of meeples <laughs> in it. Uh, No, I thought this was pretty interesting. There's a a guy that I work with who's getting married this summer. And for his bachelor party, uh, I'm not going to this. I'm too old for that kind of thing. But uh, he was telling me he's going to this place. It's in Missouri. It's a couple hours outside of St. Louis. And it's basically just this big, huge house on a lake that's got, I mean, it's got like lake stuff and ATVs and all kinds of stuff. But it's also got, I think he said something like 1600 games on the shelves. And like, if you look at the pictures, they're new games too. So it's not just like a bunch of old copies of Monopoly and Sorry. Um, and, <laughs> Trouble, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and then it's got like consoles, Xbox and PS4 and all that stuff too. But the place just looks amazing. So it's a thousand dollars a night, but you can it it can hold up to twenty people there. So really, if you fill the place up with your friends, you're only talking. Everybody's got to spend fifty bucks a night, and the place just looks amazing. And he was telling me about it, and I was looking at the pictures of it and thinking, if I win the lottery, I'm opening a place like this because this, I mean, it's just it looks so much fun in it. I'm sure they're going to be able to fill this place up all the time. It just yeah. it looks really cool.
1: It really does. Um, I'm trying to think. Godly to get a thousand dollars a night. So let's see if you were what is a a three day weekend would be what like three nights. Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, do
2: yeah. so you figure pretty, that's three thousand dollars? If you can do that close to every weekend, that's you know one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you're bringing in. So not so bad.
3: It, it houses up to twenty people, but I yeah. wonder
1: if they allow people to camp too.
2: I don't know yeah. about that.
1: It's like I'm I'm going to be in a tent in the backyard yeah. <laughs> for you know fifty dollars less. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It breaks down to one hundred fifty bucks a person. For uh, t- twenty people, that's super reasonable. It yeah. really, really is. <laughs> the only problem though is like um, like you get into like families, you know. So if I'm bringing my a family of four, you know, I those guys aren't all, you know, all all of my family isn't chipping in. I'm having to pay for the whole thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. six hundred so, bucks know, you for do, you.
1: Yeah, well, you the, need to do like three friends.
2: <laughs> the owner doesn't care about that. The owner says it's a thousand bucks a night, and you divide it up however you want to. So
1: that is true. What if you? What if just you wanted to do it? You <laughs> yeah, know, you're, you're
2: like <laughs> just play solitaire games all weekend. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Just well, sit, what you watch can do TV. is like,
3: like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman did is just run it for a night and then just cook math there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then you make your money back. Well, this yeah. is Missouri, so it's probably been done before. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But the place, the place looks brand new because when he was showing me where it was, we looked it up on Google Maps, and on Google Maps, there's not even a building there. So it's a brand new place, and it looks really nice. I'm sure there are other places like it, but that's the one that we've got here in Missouri.
1: Uh, it does remind me. I have seen um, there are war gamer vacations, oh, and there are gosh. actually a, a, co- a couple of companies that specialize in it. Uh, they're all, they're European, but it's like centered around like okay, we're going to tour the D Day battlefield, and then we're going to play D Day games. You know, all all the next day. And whatever I've seen, a couple people talk about doing that for like their bachelor party or, or whatever, or, or even somebody mentioned it on their on their honeymoon. But yeah, it's yeah. gaming vacations where like you go to like it's like a really cool isolated cabin, you know, and you just play uh, Advanced Squad Leader all weekend. Or it does have some historic context where you tour a bunch of battle sites and stuff like that, and then game. So I'm going to try to find a few of those, and I'll toss them in the show notes with or without a timestamp.
2: <laughs> yeah, my group, the STL Wargamers, we were talking about going down to P Ridge and doing basically that. Uh, we weren't going to do it as a part of any sort of paid guided thing or anything like that. We were just going to play some Pea Ridge games and then go see the battlefield for ourselves. So we might still do that sometime later this year.
1: That'd be cool. Yeah. See, I've got Vicksburg right by me, but there is no real, like, Vicksburg games you know more or less because it was just you know a siege and, right
2: yeah Yeah.
1: it's not sexy like Gettysburg <laughs> and the
2: rest of them,
1: you know it's it just is we there. usually in like the big civil war games it is a thing that you have to do you know to win or to you know right you either have to capture it or protect it blah 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 and yeah and
2: so it's a pretty anyway. boring game if you just have to wait out a siege right it's <laughs> like
1: okay you know somebody should do that so you could do an abstract siege of Vicksburg. I bet you, um, uh, what's his, uh, what's his name, Tom and Mary would publish that.
2: Oh, sure they know. would. Yeah, there's a an
1: abstract siege of Vicksburg, but like where uh, you have to eat rats and stuff like that. So.
2: Yeah, yeah cool. there's a whole series of game same games called States of Siege, where they do different. I know there's like a Zulus on the Ramparts one. There's even some zombie versions of it where you're, you know, um, but there are definitely a, a the States of Siege games.
1: Uh Victory Point games does the state yep. States of Siege series. Yeah. That is a mouthful to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've got one of them. I've got Autumn and Sunset. And that's a great solitaire game.
1: So to... as
2: an
3: aside, I I oh, I'm, I'm just I was thinking about Gamer's Ranch. So I, yes. I see that it's located in Bland, Missouri.
0: <laughs> so
3: I, I was reminded that um, the towns of Boring, Oregon, uh-huh. Dull, Scotland, and Bland, Australia, uh-huh. have kind of formed a triad of uh, of mundan- mundanity. So maybe you know this is uh, Bland, Missouri, can be you know part of that <laughs> part of that collection of of.
2: Places too. I just, you hear stuff like that, I want to know who named it. I mean, <laughs> well, somebody just said, you know, this is just bland.
1: Is there is there like an exciting Missouri? Is that on the opposite of bland? There's exciting, or is there a sexy, or yeah?
2: Exciting Missouri would be North St. Louis, but it's exciting for all the wrong reasons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, uh, the next thing we have, this game I'm super duper excited about cannot wait to order it from NWS because um, I've been talking to him the whole time because I know he carries Victrix and uh, this is produced by them and uh, I've been trying very hard to get the guy who did this uh, to uh, come on the show he's just been uh, kind of busy lately I know he's been out of town and whatnot. and the, the game is War Gods mortal gods sorry fix that in post maybe uh mortal (laughs) gods it is to me what it reminds me of of it it looks almost well i mean i don't know how it plays but it reminds me a hell of a lot of saga which is dark age skirmish this is like uh ancient greek skirmish so you're fighting you know hoplites and you know athens and you know all that kind of stuff you know, there's no magic. There's no, you know, none of that crap in there. This isn't fantasy. It's supposed to be, you know, just a, kind of a historical game. And, uh, yeah, I just love the figures. They look really cool. You know, in the ancient Greece, you know, they painted bright stuff on their shields. And it's just really, really nice. I am super excited for this game. You could, what, uh, I'll have, well, I I'll have say, your...
3: You could re, uh, redo or replay Thermopylae and the Spartan. <laughs>
1: That's true, uh, and uh, I think the box set comes with uh, Spartans.
2: Yeah, I can see some Spartans as, as, in there.
1: And uh, it's uh, from War Banner Incorporated, which they also do a couple of other games. Let's say War Banner Inc. That's another thing I edit out is the live googling. Well, I do sometimes. Not not necessarily all the time, but yeah. Oh yeah, they were they're mainly known for um, Blood on the Aventine, uh, Gangs of Rome, which was just kind of a skirmish game of you know of, of just Roman thugs or whatever you know, kind of like in the movie. I, I'm sorry, in the series Rome, you know, it's those guys just running around and uh the terrain and stuff they have it is really neat. So. But this, they pushed way out, and uh, some of these are plastic, some of these are resin, and the all-in-one bundle deal, it's $132 U.S. Um, this is what I want to get from NWS, which hopefully we'll put it at 100 or so. You get hoplites, slingers, and a peltast, peltast whatever that is. Um, and I, In talking about all this stuff, I am reminded of uh, the author who's very active on Twitter, is it Michael Cole that just put out... Um, it, no, I'm sorry. Michael Cole is the WWE uh, announcer guy. But this guy, uh, he Armored Saint is his book. It's a fantasy novel.
2: Okay. I haven't heard of that.
1: And do, 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 Armored Saint. Oh my gosh. There's apparently a band named Armored Saint. <laughs> so... Let me, uh, the armored saint, Mike Cole, M Y K E Cole. Anyway, uh, he put out Legion versus Phalanx.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on this dumb thing to load. Anyway,
2: you're just making more work nope. for yourself yeah. for the editing.
1: I'm, I'm working uh, now. See, this is why, I, you know, I, I can't, yeah, I, I would be like five hours doing <laughs> it anyway. Legion vs. Phalanx is by Mike Cole M Y K E Cole. It's put out by uh, Osprey and some other ones, and it just it's his specialty is like ancient war, ancient game, uh, not even ancient warfare, sorry. And uh, I have this linked in the show notes, and uh, yeah, he he gets real critical over um, armor and stuff like that. I saw him um, yell at Osprey Games or no sorry yell at GMT because they have a upcoming um naval game and on their uh the cover artwork for it he says the uh the marines that are on it the um hoplite marines whatever uh are completely incorrectly dressed from like their helmet to you know their weapons are all, is all incorrect <laughs> so i was like wow okay that's Interesting. Does remind me. Uh, I got a copy of War Galley in today. If you're familiar with that, Richard,
2: I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: It's GMT. Uh, it's their Battles of History or whatever. Blah blah blah. Great Battles
2: whatever of History. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Eh.
2: I've heard good things about that whole series. I've seen some other, not 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 War Galley, but some of the uh, some of the land based GBOH games. I've seen pictures of them and looks pretty good.
1: That's a perfect segue for you to take us into the Next War series.
2: Yeah, so from Ancients to Next War. Uh, yeah, on my radar, and I'm really excited about this, is uh, in STL Wargamers, uh, one of our members is a game designer, Mitchell Land, who's the, uh, speaking of GMT, he's the designer of the GMT Next War series. So there's... a. Uh, maybe four games out already with a fifth one on the way. Um, And this Saturday is our monthly gaming day. And Mitch is going to teach us all how to play the next war series. So we're going to play next war, India, Pakistan, Pakistan, which, uh, if you've been following the news, you know, could be current current events. Yeah, it's about events. to
1: happen yeah.
2: for real. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to be playing the loose nukes scenario. So I really hope that that's not going to be news the next week. Um, but I- I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I've got I've got next war Poland and I've got next war India Pakistan and I've I've had him out learning the rules, pushing the counters around. But it's pretty cool when you get to have the game designer teach you how to play his game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Now, what scale are they?
2: Uh, I guess I'd probably call that operational scale. Okay. You can put... They, they did this at a, a big... There's a St. Louis... Um, it's it's a small... Not really a con. It's just a, a big gaming weekend where they play some monster games and stuff like that. I'm going at the beginning of May this year. Um, but last year, from what I heard, they took maybe three or four of the Next War games and put them together to make a, a huge monster uh, game. World War Three? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and now, actually, with the next game, Next War Vietnam coming out, you can do the entire uh, Asian sphere because you've got India-Pakistan, Korea, Vietnam, and Hong Kong, maybe? I can't remember what the last one was. Um, but, you know, you've got enough to do the entire Asian theater. So. <sighs>
1: That's really cool. But yeah, the
2: indi- individual games—I guess I'd call that operational scale. You've got, like okay. I said, those ones that I just mentioned, and Poland is the other one.
1: All right. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I was reminded of Next War. I, I was more familiar with Next War Poland, but when all the the whole India-Pakistan thing started kicking off, yeah. And, I I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's that game, and it did make me wonder. I kind of wanted to do an ask Reddit thing with like, hey, um, what's it like living in you know one of these countries that we war game as possibly being the next World War Three, yeah. you know?
2: And and then, I mean, in a similar vein, my question would be it's obviously not something that you ever want to see happen but if it happened it'd be interesting to ask mitch how 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 close were you to being right in the way it went down
1: yeah so <laughs> I, I mean can you imagine like you know it just next war india pakistan yeah. like you pull you pull out that map and you're like oh that's my hometown right over there yeah where they have this you know battalion of tanks yeah you know quartered yeah i don't know man that's just it's really 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 odd but
2: uh i know know, it's there's a lot of war gamers that only like to play ancient games because they just they don't i mean there's still plenty of world war ii veterans around they just they don't want to play anything that is still affecting living people so
1: yeah the local guys is that way and i guess it's just it could just be a little too real i mean that that is so strange can you imagine being a vet like I guess of really anything and like walking by walking into a game store and there's some chubby teenagers over there, you know, <laughs> uh, d- they're playing the battle you were at, Yeah. you know, be it, be it Fallujah or, you know, the song, well, not the song, yeah. but, um, you know, Yeah. D uh, day or what D day. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or Saigon uh, or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's, I got, it's gotta be, it's gotta be so surreal, you know, um, and I know when, like, the uh, the, the, the Iraq kerfuffle yeah. has been going on yeah, forever. When, when
2: Labyrinth and Distant Plane came out, there was a lot of people saying, you can't make games about this. This is still going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, just seeing, you know, I was very interested to read, like, books when it first started. It's like, wow, okay, I'm watching The Invasion live on CNN. And, um, like, you know, one day I'm going to be able to read about this battle. You know, some guy's biography, you know, this is his whole thing where he went through it. And yeah, it's just, wow, so surreal where we are. But yeah, I, yeah, I'd be interested to play the Polish one. That was the one I was interested in. And I guess India, Pakistan as well. I could learn more about it. Yeah. I guess it's, it'll be in the, um, what is that disputed region? The uh, Kashmir. Kashmir, yeah. Right. Yeah, Kashmir, Kashmir, not the um, cool Led Zeppelin song, but you know, whatever. <laughs> All right, in uh, lighter news, <laughs> yeah, much Roy's lighter. Gonna, Roy's gonna tell us about Curse of Mort, of uh, curse, Curse of. I'm
3: calling it moat,
1: but yeah, Mote
3: go sounds good too.
1: Curse of Mott, yes. Yeah.
3: So our good friends over at Alter Dementia that's A-L-T-E-R-3-D-I-M-E-N-S-Y-A, uh, have a game for me to uh, uh, do a review of. And I, don't, I do not have it in hand yet. Um, so probably by the next episode, I'll have, uh, you know, give it a run through and I'll give it a little review. So this is a cooperative game. It's a uh, 3D printed. It's a D6 modular quest game It features 32-millimeter scale character miniatures and a series of modular 6-millimeter scale hexagonal terrain tiles. So you, I guess, build the board, set it all up, and then it's uh, it's a co-op game. Um, I don't know really anything about it thus far, but uh, Mike Sheridan from Alter Dementia is going to uh, uh, let me, you know, give it a shot
2: so, so you said it, for that. It, it's 3D printed so he's doing the 3D printing and then send it out or because yes. you don't have a 3D printer right no no Okay.
3: so it, the uh, the game is well okay so the, the, the files to print it and the rule set are available from ill gotten games um, so he is yeah he's just doing the printing of it so he's charging for the physical copy of it
2: Okay.
3: Oh. So, and so I'm now, going to... Now, if I wanted... Oh, yeah?
1: I was going to say, if I wanted to buy a copy of this game, but I needed a 20% discount on it, how would I do that?
3: <laughs> I believe that's COG2019 at alterdementia.com.
1: Right. Enter that code in, and wow, you get 20% off that game. So, yeah, 20% off of 50 bucks is what, 10 It's like $40. Uh, yeah. So 40 bucks. Get a, get a
3: lot All of right. stuff, yeah. So uh, I'm going to review this, or I'm going to give it a play uh, at, uh, I think this coming weekend, I have a um, little convention I'm going to. And that's uh, it's called 36 Hours of Gaming, and it's at Hope College. And there is a math professor by, by the name of Aaron Sanzori. And I have not like asked his permission to, to drop his email on on the podcast but you know he's he gets paid for uh people coming to play games so i'm just gonna take a take a gamble here is this low
2: um, is this local for you
3: yes okay yep. so uh he just he rents a uh, it's during spring break so he rents some rooms uh at the local college and people bring their games and and people play so it's it's very low-key very informal um so if you're interested in attending you can email cinzori at hope.edu and that's c-i-n-z-o-r-i and so it'd be great to see some listeners
2: yeah that'd be cool yeah and hopefully you will bring curse to uh dice tower con this summer as well i'm looking forward to seeing you guys there okay
3: yeah Um, see if i can do that uh and then
0: that's happening
2: (laughs)
3: And that is going to be the beginning of July. Um, and then uh, in other news, tomorrow evening, I'm going to go do an escape room. I've never actually done an escape room before. Um, so this, my wife had gotten a Groupon uh, for this particular one at our local game store called Out of the Box, which is in Zealand, Michigan. And um, we're going to give it a run through. Have either of you guys done, done an escape room before?
2: I have not. I've been invited to do them, and I think it would be fun. But every time I've been invited to do them, I've had something else going on. I've been unable to, so. Ah.
1: Yeah, I haven't. My kids love them, though. They've done them and just think they're awesome. But uh, I've not me. Yeah.
2: There's, yeah. I think, two or three, like, within two miles of my house, so.
1: All right. It's time. It is time. It's time for <laughs> special time. Uh, we have, thanks, uh, to to we got a bunch of Twitter followers, and it's our anniversary, it was my birthday, all that fun stuff. Tom and Mary was nice. Well, Tom was nice enough to ask Mary if it was okay to give us a copy of Brave Little Belgium to give away. And so this is like where you're going to hear about it, is right here. Mary, uh, the power behind that, the throne. Right. It's Queen Mary. And uh, so... If you're interested in winning a brand new copy of Brave Little Belgium um, from Hollandsfield, if you will just uh, send me an email at chanceofgaming at gmail.com. Chanceofgaming at gmail.com. Just with Brave Little Belgium as the subject and tell me you want to win it or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'll pick a winner. I think we're just going to do Continental US for this point. And um, yeah. Nudes. there you go and what
3: Ten nudes,
1: <laughs> <Send> nudes. <laughs> uh no that's not required to win it but um i think it is just, no <laughs> just just send that in and uh yeah it's a nice game that we've talked a lot about and the weird thing is is bec- we've talked about that game so much I've convinced myself we we've interviewed the designer for it and we have it.
2: No, we haven't interviewed we, Ryan. We've just talked to Tom.
1: Yeah, yeah, we yeah just yeah. talked to Tom. But but we, we talk to I
2: Ryan all the time on Twitter and everything. So yes, yeah.
1: yes, and it's it, it's become so much and so friendly and all that. And you know, he even offered to donate some games out of his personal collection for us to give away. And I was like, nah, yeah, that's okay, buddy. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to, do, don't you have to do that. You know, this is, this is fun. This is the little thing here. But yeah, it's, we've had so much of an interaction of him and talked about this game so much. I have convinced myself we have interviewed him, but we have not. So maybe we should do that.
2: I think those Michigan people are just nice. I think they're half Canadian.
1: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's, it's they get, they get the nice, the nice <laughs> wind that blows in. So, all right. So, uh, I guess I'm going to run to the restroom real quick, and then we'll pick up with news.
2: you going to take okay. the mic. We'll have
1: a potty we'll Take the microphone in bread, there with Roy. you. Yeah, I could. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, oh, that we, okay, you know, I work for public broadcasting, <laughs> and we uh, we did this. They, op- they refurbished Mississippi's old capital, which was like, you know, it, it was like the original thing, first thing they built. It's super-duper old. And, um, anyway, so it was this whole celebration for it. And we had just hired this idiot, uh, to do audio and that's a whole other story. And so he's running audio on it and this guy comes up and gives a whole speech and whatever. Um, he's wearing a, uh, a wireless mic and, yeah, it was straight up out of the naked gun. The guy finishes, and we go on to the next segment. Well, they never killed his mic, and he went to the bathroom. <laughs> and you really couldn't hear him peeing, but you heard him flush the urinal. <laughs> that went out over the air. Yeah, it was that was flush gate. All right, I'll be right back. All right. All right, moving on to news. The first thing I've got up here is something I had mentioned before. This is... um moonstone which uh i've talked about it before just because it's kind of weird whimsical looking fantasy game and uh i was with this one i'm thoroughly attracted to the murd hairs the the murderer hairs you know so um it just looks kind of neat and so i think when i last (laughs) talked about this game it was i just discovered it they had been they had uh done a kickstarter and Whatnot, and you can buy it at retail now, but they're actually going to do some new factions so they have you know
3: that's... big sharp, pointy teeth the mm-hmm. murders
1: i I appreciate the weird, odd looking figures, but you know uh, I'm kinda you know I think I've talked about this before I'm, I think I'm about I used to be so excited for like small scale skirmish games, and now it seems like there's one coming out like every six weeks. And there's some major ones, you know, uh, Malifaux is is a freaking huge one, you know. And so, I don't know. Kind of just like, eh, I'm kind of over it. Uh, this will be coming to Kickstarter in a couple weeks. They'll do March 27th to April 12th. I don't know. I guess I'll look at it when i actually get to see the figures cuz I, I like the bunny summoner you know he's got that and murder hairs and yeah that's you know, just hey, kinda... you gotta,
3: you got to you got to click on the link that that takes you to the website because there is a looks like a goblin riding a pug
1: <laughs> oh yeah 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 he's a knight <laughs> with on a pug so yeah all right i i can appreciate that that, that looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see the factions. I mean, I, I backed uh, the last Relic Blade um, faction because they introduced dwarves. And I was like, okay, right up my alley. My favorite fantasy race. What is you guys' favorite fantasy race?
2: Ooh, favorite fantasy race. I guess Wookiees would be pretty far up near the top. Wookiees are pretty cool.
3: Um, you know, I, I guess I got to go to the folio cover with the Githyanki. The, uh, the extra planar, uh, psionic, uh, opponents of the, of the Mind Flayers.
1: The Mind Flayers I always thought were kind of cool. Um, but if we're talking like D&D monsters and stuff, I've always thought the Displacer Beast was neat. Oh yeah. But, uh. My personal favorite has been the Hook Horror.
0: <laughs>
1: because a friend of mine had that toy. And um and I'll dig this up and link it in the show notes. Um it's it was this weird looking toy I don't think it was based on the D and D cartoon. I think they they just made, started making Dungeons and Dragons toys. And uh that was one of them, so just kinda neat. And, uh, it, it was just really weird looking. Of course, now, like, the modern miniature for it looks a lot different than that one. But it always, you know, kind of struck me And uh, and wanting that one. And, uh, reminds me, um, the same friend also had a, uh, Clash of the Titans Kraken, which was a super cool toy and super, super expensive to own nowadays. <laughs> I wish I had one. It's pretty cool. Alright, so the next thing we've got, uh, Rich is going to tell us about the Frontline... Uh, I'm sorry, the Rapid Deployment Paint System?
2: Yeah, what is this? I thought this was pretty cool. I think it's new. It looks like it's an announcement of a new thing. If it's already been around, then you know I apologize. But um, I, I notice as I'm getting into Legion that one of the... I guess you could even call it a barrier to entry is getting things painted. Um, there are a lot of people who... Painting is their favorite part of the thing, and the, you know, they don't even necessarily care about the game, they like doing the painting. I'm not one of those, yeah, I'm not one of those. Um, but I'm also not one that can throw unpainted miniatures on the table, so I'm kind of in between. I, I like to have my guys painted, but I don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing it. And I think that now, this isn't Star Wars Legion specific, this is actually geared more toward, uh, you know, specific you know, like they've got one for Ancients and one for World War II. There's probably a color set here that you could use for Legion, but if this works, and if this is a way to just get things painted quickly, like for Bolt Action or something, if it gets more people playing the game, then I think that that's a great thing, and I'm highly interested in it.
3: So what do you suppose the quick yeah. shade is? Is that like a just a wash?
2: I don't know. If it's like a null noise, that's what I'm guessing is it's, It's like a, 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 yeah, like a null oil or yeah, a wash of a shade that just goes with those colors. Because I know that as a terrible painter, um, someone that, uh, you know, not only am I not good at it, but I don't care that much about it. You know, if, even if all you did was spray paint it and throw some null oil on there, it would look halfway decent. So those, those Mm -hmm. washes are really amazing for people that aren't good at painting.
1: So have you heard of the dip method? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh I was just saying I, I've heard the kids talk about null oil yeah. a lot. I, th- I thought it was a new drug.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's for painters. It, it makes your, uh, your guys look better. It's really good for stuff like stormtroopers that, you know, you can just paint the whole thing white, and the null oil will get in the tiny little cracks and everything and, and pick up the, the details that you I otherwise could not get. So
3: have you guys heard of the dip method of painting things?
2: So I have like, heard I heard of it, but I don't know what it is. I've heard that that's. I
3: believe thing. you actually use like, like uh, wood stain. Okay. Of a you know of a particular color, so you, I think you paint it brighter than what you want, and then um, and just block it in like it says here, and
0: mm-hmm. then
3: just dip it in this in the the stain and just let it dry.
0: Hmm.
3: So, I don't. Yeah, I've it never actually like done that. it before. I'm sorry. What's that?
1: It seems, it seems like I've heard of it that somebody uh, at my old club used to do that, because you reminded me, because it's, yeah, you, I always thought it was unusual that you use, like, wood stain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, you paint, you kind of paint the figure kind of like, more or less, just the base colors, and then you dip it in this, and just, you know, set it down, let it dry, and there you go, it's done.
2: And it seemed like i have like like seen
3: a Tyranid army that had been painted that way.
2: Yeah, sometimes those colors mix in really interesting ways. I was watching, I think it was a Sarastro video from Imperial Assault where he was showing how to paint uh, C-3PO. And I think he, he painted him silver and then put like a red wash on him and he came out gold. And I don't know how it happened, but it, it looked really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'll look that up yeah because i can do a tyranid army that way but uh let's put it all together Don't
2: yeah see i'm just, just trying to get some, you to buy more stuff
1: i know. just got some eldar flyers in <laughs> today Fi- finally uh i you know i'm gonna do a like three of them are like 500 points so i'm like all right there you go that's that's my air wing i'm gonna start with this Anyway, speaking of, and moving on to the next thing we had, is the, uh, I'm always fascinated by ICV2's coverage of the um, top five non-collectible miniature games. And they kind of put these things out quarterly, because I was always, always fascinated by just how dominant X-Wing was dur- during the 1.0 payday. Um, even beating out 40k a lot of the times. Uh, but now, currently, where we're sitting at, these are this reflects sales in the fall of twenty eighteen, and they are based on interviews with retailers, distributors, and manufacturers. So, number one is forty k. You know, I kind of expect that. Produced by Games Workshop, Warhammer forty thousand, and number two is Age of Sigmar, which I'm a little surprised by, but I guess I shouldn't be.
2: Um, yeah, I see a lot of people playing it, that.
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot more popular than I give it credit for, I guess. And, you know, all those people that were just, you know, gloom and doom when they killed Fantasy, that, you know, it, apparently that was the best decision they've ever made, because it, it caused people to spend more money than ever on
2: them. Yeah, Games Workshop knows how to make money. No doubt about that.
1: Yeah, they do. Number three is D&D Miniatures, Nosier's Marvelous Miniatures. Have you guys seen any of these in the shop? I have
2: not. That's why I'm seeing this at number three, and that, that one blows me away. I've it's seen them a-
3: online. I mean, I've seen work that people have done painting them. I did not realize it was a game. I thought it was just a line of mini.
1: Well, yeah, it is. This, is, okay. uh, this, it, this doesn't count. Uh, well, yeah, it does say non-collectible miniature games, but I guess it considers Dungeons & Dragons to be a miniature game of the non-collectible? I don't know, I guess. Right. Um, I, I've i seen them in the shop, and they look really nice, they're just in the fact that they're all one piece, uh, or they're just, you know, they're already put together, and everything, and they're ready for you to uh, dip them in wood stain, I guess. <laughs> but uh, there's some really cool looking ones that I want. I want the dinosaur ones for, like, Frostgrave and stuff, um, but I also look for those at, like, uh, Toys R Us. You know, they do those—well, not Toys R Us—Target uh, or wherever. They'll have those little pre-painted dinosaurs that kids—you hey, can find them in the dollar store. That I'm would sure
3: be cheaper. I'm that, that would tri- that. Betrayal. All right. Watched it better.
1: But, uh, I, I mean, essentially what they're doing, I guess, is competing with Reaper— you know Reaper puts out miniatures like this uh around the same price point around the same quality and uh yeah speaking of uh they put out a uh an owl bear that every miniature painter on Twitter has decided to pick up and paint and show pictures of and I want that thing cuz it looks cool
0: yeah uh,
3: beholders
1: pretty
3: uh, popular too
1: oh yeah yeah it is i mean that's that's very classic um very very classic um Dungeons and Dragons. When I think of D and mon- D monsters, that that would be it. I mean, I also think of Tiamat, but you know, Tiamat, I only know really know from the cartoon. <laughs>
2: so I forgot all about that cartoon show just now. Uh huh.
1: Oh yeah, I can I can quote the uh, the intro to that line for line. Anyway, Eric.
2: Uh, number
1: th- <laughs> number four is X Wing which uh you know I'm not surprised that it's not number 1 because you know everybody bought stuff in 1.0 and they all still have it or people bought into it on the secondary market or whatever Yeah. And so there's just, there's just not that much 2.0 stuff to buy Right
2: it's it's coming out but most people just bought the conversion kits and used their 1.0 stuff
1: Yeah but I think it's, I, that
2: if if they're forcing people to play hyperspace then that's also going to force them to buy 2.0 ships.
1: Also the clone wars first Yeah, that the first group group of that stuff should be the end of this month.
2: Yeah, that's coming out. Is that wave 3? I think wave 3 is the next wave out, so yeah. yeah
1: it's whatever it is, it, it'll be the clone wars yeah. and so that that will b- bump them up. And all right, number 5 i'm surprised as hell is star wars legion because as far as i know people buy it and never play it well see that's
2: the thing it's not it's not what people are playing it's what people are buying and i know star wars legion stuff is having you know when it when something new comes out you have to get it right away because it's not going to be on the shelves for long but i don't know where they're playing it because it's it's not with me
1: (laughs) i know they're not doing it at, at my my shop either Although, new shop's coming, you know, in a week or so, and um, they got delayed, and, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, the, there's a guy that swears up and down, he's like, I'm, I'm doing Legion, I'm gonna push Legion, as soon as we get over there, I'm gonna be doing demos, and blah, 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 and, yeah, I, I'll believe it when I see Because yeah. And honestly, I want, I've got painted Rebels, and now I'm kind of wanting to do some Snow Troopers and stuff, and. and
2: there's more good stuff coming out so
1: i know we'll we'll get to that in just a (laughs) second uh the next thing we had is the um gale force 9 is doing a cooperative survival game based on the aliens movie so you'll be the colonial marines and you will fight the xenomorphs no real pictures although there's cover art you'll see in the show notes it will be four double-sided game boards, 22 plastic miniatures, Ripley, five Marines, 16 Xenomorphs, a card dock, maybe that means deck, uh, six and, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. So MSRP, 60 bucks. Eh, I'm kind of interested in that. It just—and The only thing that would turn me off is if the sculpts are crappy or the scale's odd. But uh, I don't know. It looks kind of neat so the next film. thing we had <laughs> what i
3: said that's a great film i yeah i'd i'd get involved in that
1: yeah it's it's a fantastic you know movie very tense i just love that whole scene with with the motion tractor and they're like this can't be right that's inside the room and they just suddenly pop you know stick their head in the um the ceiling and see them crawling through Ah, look the first movie, I saw way too young, and it scarred me for a long time. A long, long time. Put me off of horror movies and everything, like, up until, like, uh, late teens.
3: Yeah, I Alien is over. a haunted house in space. Aliens is yes. a bug hunt,
1: straight up. Yep. So the next thing we had, Tauntauns
2: are coming to Star Wars Legion. Tauntauns are coming to Star Wars Legion. Yes, they are. So... I, obviously, we all we get is some teaser pictures. They they look great. That's no doubt about that. Um, how effective they'll be in battle, I have no idea. But they sure look interesting. And uh, as a guy that's playing rebels, I'm sure that I will be picking up one. So one thing I noticed about it, it's got two different sculpts for the tauntauns. I I can't tell if it's posable or if the if they come two in a box.
3: I think there are two. Yeah, there
2: are two in the box. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right. So. Well, I see that they're a, they're a uh, speed three. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna zip right along.
0: Yeah.
2: So. It, it says though they lack the top speed of the T forty seven. They are speed three. I guess they don't have they don't have the cut the uh, the the forced mood that the T forty seven has. So. Oh yeah. that Makes it a little slower, but. Yeah, that that does make the scale interesting. I don't know. I think if you put one of these, I think they're going to be as big as a T-47, but maybe since the T-47s are so overpriced, they're just kind of forgetting that those are out there and not using them anymore at all. Who knows? And then the other question... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I guess my follow-up question would be to this, is so far they've pretty much always tried to match Empire and Rebellion, with something equivalent, so I don't know if that means dobacks are coming or how that's going to work. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, I would say uh, that's almost a given Do- at s- some dobacks. You, you think know, that they come. Yeah, at at some point, I, I think it's almost a given because I mean, the weird thing is, for they never they weren't in the first cut of the movie. The one that we all watched growing up, they they weren't right. there, but they, they were, man, I hope I'm not wrong. Oh, this. they'll correct if you. If I am, <laughs> ra- rabid, rabid Star Wars. People man, that don't even listen uh, to
2: the show just had the hair on the back of their neck go up.
1: chanceofgaming at gmail.com um so if i remember this correctly they weren't in the the original cut of the film and um they were in they were cut they you know they did it but they were cut and so they ended up in a lot of the books for the artwork and all that stuff and then when these special editions came around they put them in there okay you can actually see them not i don 't think the original scene was restored, but again you know i 'm probably wrong, but they digitally put them in in other spaces but they i mean they 've always been kind of a part of Star wars lore you know forever is the dubacks but it i seem it seems to be mostly from other books
0: <clears throat>
1: and also uh there should be the rebel veterans unit yeah is is here too they and those guys look cool the uh, the the Hoth guys. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'd like to see that whole group, the Rebel veterans and the Tauntauns, painted up for, like, desert.
2: Yeah, I've seen people hmm. do that with snowtroopers. Take snow troopers and may give them more of a desert look just because, you know, j- maybe just because they can or maybe because they've got specific terrain they're playing with and they don't like seeing snowtroopers with non-snow terrain.
1: Yeah. I see you get a Nub, whatever he is, um... Oh, he's in the commando. The, uh... Yeah. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's he's in the veterans. Yeah. Uh,
2: he's the guy. The uh, he's the guy sitting next to Lando on the Millennium Falcon when they attack the uh, the uh, second Death Star. Yes,
1: yeah. he is a smuggler. Blah blah blah. And uh, I'm looking on Wikipedia. He? Oh yeah, he's a uh, Salustan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Solustin?
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. He was an arms dealer and a smuggler. And I think he's all I right. think he's
2: got a brother named Ten Nub as well. <laughs> he, he's he's Neen and his brother is Ten. <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to say he is yeah, there's Tay, there's Ten, there's Neen, yeah, all Yeah, uh Ten
2: Nub
3: is a little bit is, more well-endowed
1: than his brother. <laughs> he is a, a X-Wing pilot. As in you can field him in the game, if I remember correctly? You mean
2: in the X-Wing Miniatures game? I know I know yes. he's in there. I don't remember what ship he's on. But he's definitely... Both okay. of them are in the game, yeah. All
1: right, cool. And uh, what is this next thing you got for us, Rich? Oh, My Mini Report. Yeah, I've seen people talk about this. T- tell us about it, Rich. Yeah, this
2: looks interesting. It's basically an app for your phone um, that makes... Making battle reports or after-action reports easier. So it looks like you know you can take pictures of the battle, you can caption them, and it just sort of organizes and puts everything together for you. So then you can go to your famous, your favorite forum, and uh, you know post your battle report, which are interesting. I mean, I like to read some of them for Legion and X-Wing, and sometimes some hex encounter games as well. It looks pretty cool. People are talking about it. Um, it's a Kickstarter. It's it's still got plenty of ways to go it's got 22 days left it has not met its goal yet it's it's in one of those a lot of kickstarters either like instantly meet their goal or they never meet their goal this looks like one of them that's kind of maybe it'll make it maybe it won't so it definitely looks interesting and uh you know it's it's if if you like doing aars it looks like it would be really helpful i About do
3: Thirty nine hundred dollars left to go sorry yes
1: I like how you can do like the speech bubble, yeah. and you know stuff like that. That's kind of neat.
2: Yeah, the captions and all that. Um, it it definitely it's cool, cool idea. I don't know why no one ever thought of it before. So,
1: it's well, I'm almost positive there is something like this, but it doesn't allow you to use your own pictures. It like kind of uses generic uh, symbols because it seems like I've seen somebody do uh, Kings of War. Battle reports on it. Okay, I can't remember. I'll post it in the show notes if I can find it. This is a French company. Yeah. I see, and I'm trying. I don't really understand like what it cost. Okay, so I bet I pledged ten euros, and I received my mini report application with five euro discount. I, I don't. What does my mini report application? So you get the app. With? Okay, that's that is. The yeah, app. so I All guess.
2: Right. I guess they're giving you a discount, but it doesn't say how much the app is going to be. And then they're talking about Euros, which is a foreign language to us. Um, So, yeah, it is interesting. And then I'm sure it's been done before, but I've never seen a Kickstarter for an app either. So who knows?
1: Yeah, I have. But no, see, right underneath it, it says pledge 15 euros or more. It says full price for clarification. For other rewards, clarification... My mini-report application will be sold on Android at... It will be sold at 15 euros. Backing now, you'll have the full app, but you will save 10 euros for early birds or 5 for other... Yeah, it seems like they just ran this through some translation (laughs) software. and I'm missing some stuff, because I don't get it. Because you could do uh, the beta tester, and apparently they get for 200 uh, people, the early bird thing was 5 euros. You could get get the whole app, so yeah, I think I would do that. I don't know. I thought I'm gonna hit remind me <laughs> on this one, and we'll just.
2: See I it. thought the funniest part of it was when they showed the uh, compatible games, and that that cracked me up, because I can't think of a game that would not be compatible with an app that just takes pictures and adds captions. <laughs> That's true.
1: I mean, hell, honestly, you could uh, use this and make your own comic yeah. strip. Or yeah, you actually too, could. Yeah.
2: Them. You could pose your little figures and make a comic strip out of them. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like a robot That's chicken. A whole... <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> so uh, moving on, the last thing we have. what What is this, Richard?
2: So this is um, – I just thought this was interesting um, because you are way more into miniatures than me. But I had never seen two millimeter before. And just visually, it's striking because this, to me, looks like a big Hex Encounter game. It looks like the scale of a Hex Encounter game, except played with miniatures. And I thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I've, I've kind of been down on um, 2 millimeter gaming. It's, 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 it's growing, it really is. It's becoming a whole thing. And the way I look at it, I was like, at that scale... I mean, it's all just blobs. There's no, there's no uh, detail or anything like that. I'm like, why don't you just play with counters?
2: Yeah, you know? it, it, and the only thing that I would say, the thing that m- makes this potentially more interesting than counters, is specific periods of history, and I'm thinking like the 19th century. Um, you had a lot of units formed up like this, where getting them into formation was the most important part of the battle. So when you look at Napoleonics and Civil War and, you know, Austria-Prussian War, uh, lining your guys up was more important than what they happened when they actually started pulling the triggers. So this looks like a good way of simulating that to me Hmm, because they are actual lines of battle rather than counters, which are a little different.
1: True. That's very true. And um, yeah, it's got it definitely has a, a look to it. But that is a very uh upcoming growing yeah. uh thing and I think it's because of 3d printing and that's what this this link is yeah um for forward march uh, forward March studios um you know you can download these files or pay for them or, or whatever and um and print out your own and like have this and that's just kind of been it, it's just easier than people trying to sculpt it yourself yeah. I mean, I can't imagine sculpting like two, two millimeter guys, you know, it's like, oh, this little blob. Yes, that's Napoleon right right there. And this little blob is Wellington.
2: And part of the reason that this one looks so good is because the table looks so good. I mean, all the trees and the buildings and the smoke on the table and the, the stream running through, you know, it wouldn't look as good if you're just playing on your dining room table. So that matters, too.
1: Yeah, it does. Wow. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end. Are we, are we at the end of the show? I think we are. This is the end. That's it. Nothing else to talk about. Um. So, yeah. Hope you uh, enjoyed, you know, listening to us. Prattle on. And, uh, yeah, just drop us a line at chanceofgaming at gmail.com with, for your brave little Belgium giveaway. I'm here to tell you. There's usually, you know, most people don't really want to do it. Don't want to, like, ooh, I don't want to send it. <laughs> That's scary. So, you know, there's a really good chance you could win this thing. Just boom. And, uh, yeah. So, I guess that's that's it. That's all we were going to talk about. And uh, maybe we'll come back in a week or two. Well, it took us a while this past time.
0: Yeah.
3: Hey, uh, yeah, don't forget but, yeah. to hit up uh, com And use oh, the yeah. offer code COG. Chance of Gaming 2019 COG 2019.
1: There you go. And order, yeah, order that um, the something of of no of imprint of mort
3: curse of Mott. curse of mot
1: curse of mot. Yep. Yes, we're gonna go with that curse of Mott. Okay. I want that. Looks cool. I mean, I really dig the little um, what you call it, the little uh, hex thing uh,
2: the little the hexes printed hexes. The yeah.
1: Pound. Yeah, it's cool. Really cool looking. All right. So we'll see you guys next time.